Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Revelation 5, verse 8. I'm going to read from the ESV. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp. Everybody say harp. And golden bowls full of incense. Everybody say bowls. Bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. We sang about that verse this morning. And that was unplanned, by the way. Honor and glory be unto the Lamb. I had a feeling as I was reading over that this morning that that passage right there will read us in the years to come. What he's calling us into is going to require a level of prayer and a level of friendship with God that we've not known yet. I'm talking to the most spiritual person in the room, and I'm also talking to the person who's just getting started on the journey. There is always more with God. Never, ever, ever be satisfied with what you know and what you've experienced with God because there's always more. We're starting a series called Aroma. Everybody... I walked in the building and said, it smells so fresh in here today. It smells like that fabuloso. <laughs> it's just, make, you know, that changes everything, doesn't it? Like you come home to a clean house. It's like, man, that's nice. You know, you come, you got your favorite candle on, you know, that's nice. Mama's cooking cornbread in the oven. Ooh, yes. Cookies. Aroma changes the atmosphere. Aroma changes my mood sometimes. You know, there's such a thing as aromatherapy. It changes us. And um, this verse in Revelation 5.8, it talks about these bowls of incense in heaven. So we're, t- we're not talking about on the earth. We're talking about in the throne room of God. There are, and I realize John's vision was a lot of symbolism and everything, but I, I want you to see it in your picture. I mean, I, I think that's a lot of like prophetic Vision stuff is just like, okay, God's like, how can these people understand what I'm saying right now? Because there's something otherworldly I'm trying to communicate. And in John's vision, he saw bowls of incense in the throne room of God. And these bowls of incense, you know what an incense is, right? It's, a, it's like a, an aromatic smoke, okay? So there's something, if you could just visualize that with me, there's like this billowing, 
beautiful, sweet-smelling aroma that marks what heaven really is. Like that heaven, I don't know what heaven's going to smell like, but there's some kind of, it's an aroma. And the Bible says right here that those bowls of incense, that sweet-smelling smoke rising to the Lord, those are the prayers of the saints the holy ones. And I'm not talking about the people on the stained glass windows. I'm talking about you and me. We are the saints. We are the holy ones, the set apart ones by Jesus, by his blood on the cross. God no longer calls you. um, He doesn't see you dirty and filthy anymore. He sees you as clean. He sees you as pure. And that ought to change the way you live right there. If you actually believe that, right? A lot of times in my life when I've been stuck in in cycles of sin is because I didn't know who I was. I actually saw myself as dirty. But when I got a a glimpse of, hey, Jesus actually, I'm actually clean as, as clean as Jesus before the Father. And I believe that, I'll start living that way. But the prayers of the saints in aroma, bowls of incense, prayer may be intangible on earth, but it is palpable in heaven. And I want you to get a vision throughout this series. And I'm just laying the groundwork today. I'm probably not going to even preach my message today, honestly. Because I want us to catch a vision of what prayer really is. Now, I don't know what you think about when you think about prayer. You may think about um, some prayer meeting you went to that bored you to sleep. You may think about your granny. Who had a godly granny? Man, I'm thankful for my granny. She would, she would tell me, on up into my adult years, even, even when she was battling with dementia toward the end of her life, she would tell me, I, Gunner, I pray for you all the time. I'll wake up two or three o'clock in the morning, you'll be on my mind, and I'll just pray to the Lord about you. I'm telling you what, if it wasn't for that stuff right there, I don't know where I'd be in my life. Yeah. That knowing that my granny was praying for me in the middle of the night, there are people praying for you while you're asleep. Jason Kiever has probably had a dream about you and prayed about you in, in, in your, while you were asleep. Because he's raising up people in this hour that will feel what's on his heart and pray into it. And it's going to carry you, not just in your personal life, not just in your family, but in this next season as a church, in the next season of the move of God, there will be a sense of prayer, a spirit of prayer to fall on this house that has never fell on our lives before. And it's not just going to be a nice idea. It's necessary. It's necessary for what's coming. So a lifestyle of prayer is a lifestyle of faith because unless I pray out loud, prayer is not perceptible. Like you hear it on, on lips, but how many know, I mean, just, just, just dream with me for a minute. Okay. What if the sounds that come out of your mouth are just a fraction of what prayer really is, but we make it so much about how we say it. We make it so much about, oh, well, I got to say this, right? Oh, I'd never, there are people in this room that you never prayed out loud in front of everybody, anybody, because you're anxious about, oh, can I say it right? Like, I don't know that I'm good at this. And you know, we've all been in that place, but I want you to get a vision of what prayer really is. 
is not just about the words on your mouth. It's much, much deeper. I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said, the best prayer is a sigh. How many, how many of you just went, oh, just groaned it out? And that was, how many know that probably had more power in it than the most eloquent prayer you could have ever prayed? Because it's more than that. Prayer on earth is intangible, but in heaven, in heavenly places, it is powerful. And it is tangible, perceptible. It's real. Prayer in the spiritual realm is more real than it is in the physical. Because all it is is words. But it's powerful. And the prayers that you're praying, here's another thing. Prayers that you're praying, don't just go off into space. God doesn't forget about them. There is a collection bowl in heaven that is always burning before the Lord. It's always a, 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 a sweet aroma to his nostrils. Like he hasn't forgotten the prayers that you prayed 10 years ago because they're there. And some of them have come to pass and some of them have not. You don't see the answer yet. But what if I told you that the answers to prayer are just a fraction of what prayer really is about? And see, we come to God and we come to ask him for things. There's nothing wrong with that. We're actually told by Jesus that that's what we're supposed to do. Ask and seek and not persistent. Be persistent in our prayers. Let your petitions be made known to God. Like it's biblical, right? But what if I told you that getting something from God was just a fraction of what prayer really is about? So I want us to look at this today. Prayer is a discipline. It is. It is a discipline and it is a duty. We are called to it as, a, as the people of God. It is a discipline that we have to add to our lives because how about, I don't always want to pray all the time. How about you? Okay, so four of us, the rest of y'all are more spiritual than us. So we don't always want to pray. We don't always think that what we're praying is actually effectual. I don't believe it sometimes. And so it must be a discipline in our lives. Whether I want to or not, I'm going to pray. But I believe that if we just stay rooted in duty, we never experience what prayer really should be in our lives. We never encounter God like he wants us to encounter him in fellowship, as Dallas Willard called a conversational relationship with God. It's one of the first books I read that just opened my eyes to, oh, that's possible? That God actually wants to talk with me and wants to hear my voice? conversational relationship. If we don't move from duty to delight, we'll never understand prayer. Is it a duty? Is it a discipline? Yes. But if, we, if our feet are planted in duty, we'll never understand what prayer, the beauty of prayer until we move from duty to delight. Delight. So I want to talk to, to you today about prayer is delight. So Get your full of it today because next week is prayer is death, okay? That's going to be a fun one. Prayer is delight, not delight, but delight, okay? So how do we develop a, a lifestyle of prayer that is about delighting in God? Well, it starts with seeing prayer as not, 
not just a practice, but about proximity. And here's, if I could wrap up this whole series in a, or this whole message and series in a, in a sentence, it would be this. Prayer is more than talking to him. Prayer is being with him. Prayer is being with him. There's a book, it's called The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. It's a classic Christian work. It's so tiny. It's, le- it's a collection of letters. And Christian Swells, I'm glad you're here. You could probably tell me about it. He's a, he was a monk, right, or something? He was a monk, and he would like cook. He was a cook on a monastery, and he would just, he would just talk to God and spend time with God. It was, he was like washing dishes and stuff. And this is a collection of letters where he just talked about his conversational relationship with God. And I love the title of the book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Prayer is nothing more, he said, than just an awareness of God's presence. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. You just know he's here. And you're walking with Jesus. You remember the old, the old song in church that we used to sing? We sang as a kid. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, tarry means wait, none other is ever known. Like it's this precious gift of like walking in a garden with Jesus. Like, but you can walk in Walmart with Jesus. How many Walmart references is Gunnar making his ministry career? Like, seems like it's always Walmart. Prayer is mocking, more than talking to him. Prayer is being with him. Prayer is not coming to God for something. True prayer is coming for God himself. And sometimes it takes discipline to get our heart to that place where we actually delight in him. In the natural, when you're hungry, you eat. In the spiritual, in the kingdom, you eat to get hungry. It's the same in prayer. If we don't want to pray, just pray and you'll want to pray. Because what happens is you, you change. It's not even our circumstances sometimes that change. It's us that changes. And we begin to see our circumstances differently when we develop this lifestyle of prayer. I want to read this. Matthew 6, verses 5 through 9. Um, this is a very familiar passage. Jesus said in response to his disciples asking him, Hey, how, teach us how to pray. Have you ever heard somebody pray and you're like, I wish I could pray like that? Have you ever heard somebody pray and you thought, I don't know if I know Jesus? <laughs> you know, that's how they were seeing this. They were like, Oh, wait, Jesus knows God in a different way. Jesus, teach us how to pray because when you pray, like stuff happens. Like, I, 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 I haven't seen any blind eyes open with me praying, but it seems to work with you, Jesus. Teach us. And Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. That's a good place to start. (laughs) For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. If our motivation is praise of man, we will always be disappointed. And we will never grow in prayer. If the only time we pray is around other people. It might be indicative of a heart that needs to shift a little bit. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
And when you pray, don't keep babbling like the pagans do, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. This then is how you should pray. And some of y'all got this memorized. When you're on the football team, you get out there and say it before the game. <laughs> some of you grew up in church. Y'all said this every Sunday. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. As we, as, as we, have all, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I love to add the, the thing in there. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. How we relate to God determines how we pray. How we relate to God determines how we pray. Have you ever felt like when you're doing a good job, God likes you. And when you're doing a bad job, he doesn't. That's orphan spirit. That, that's a, a flag that says, wait a minute, you don't know your identity quite fully yet. His affection for you is unwavering. Uh, we t told the team this morning, you can't trigger God. He doesn't get all upset and worried when you're not doing exactly as you ought. It doesn't surprise him. And it doesn't, he doesn't waver in his commitment to you or his affection toward you. And some of you get quiet because some of you don't believe that. You don't believe it. Because you know facts about him. But the love of Jesus, the love of the Father, needs to meet your heart today. I need that in a fresh way in my life. And that's what this fast is doing, I feel like. It's just bringing me back to this delight in Him, where it's not about just like getting stuff done and serving Him, but it's about being with Him. Presence. Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven. Everybody say, our Father. That's relation in heaven. Say in heaven. That's position. There's, there's a tension already in prayer. How you see God determines your prayer life. Jesus said something that was a little bit shocking for religious people. He called God Abba. Which is a very relational term. And people, people like to, to rag on people that say, Daddy God. But Dan, you say it all you want to. Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. Sometimes, sometimes those people might have a better idea of who the Father is. Then some of us who all fall in heaven, hallowed be thy, you know, like we get so, we just, we separate the idea of who he actually is. And we go into this mode of like, wait, who have I become right now suddenly as I'm praying? 
Am I Gunner anymore? I don't sound like Gunner anymore. Why? Because maybe I feel like I have to be somebody else in his presence. Because maybe I don't see him as a good father that loves me and accepts me for who I am, junk and, junk and all. Brendan Manning called it the imposter. And until you know that the, the imposter is loved by the father, you'll never determine your identity because you'll always be running from who you don't want to be instead of letting God embrace the person you don't want to be and change the person you don't want to be. Prayer is dependent upon how you see God and how I see God. So which is it? Is he a father or is he in heaven? Hallowed be your name. Hallowed, separate, different, apart, holy, unapproachable. We sang about his light, his uh, unapproachable light. That's scripture. He lives in an unapproachable light. In other words, there's so much power and holiness, we can't even take one step toward him. It would evaporate us if we were to just lay our eyes on him in his glory. That God, the unapproachable, holy, righteous king, has through his son, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. And he died on a cross so that you could know the glory of God. Jesus said in the garden, you've given me your glory. I'm giving it to them. That glory that's unapproachable is now accessible. What would our prayers look like if we believed that? So we can see God as this unapproachable, and that's how we pray sometimes. And that's why we put on an air of, of, of we put on our robes, spiritual robes, when we pray. Because we don't think we can just come in like we are. Why would God want us like we are? Am I tripping you up this morning? And then there's this other extreme we can go to and we can say, well, Jesus is my homeboy. And Jesus agrees with everything I do and say, by the way. He's a king for a reason. I mean, it's who he is. When he became your savior, he didn't stop becoming a king. In fact, that's when it starts. <laughs> when you get into the kingdom, the kingdom has a king. We just want a kingdom with no king and it doesn't work that way. And so he's not unapproachable anymore. He's actually given us access. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It's not just about mercy and forgiveness of our sin. It's about proximity to him. Yeah. Access to him as sons and daughters. So how you view God determines how you pray. Are we clear on that? You follow me this morning? Okay. So when your eyes are open to the fact that he is Abba, he is Papa, he's your father, and he's good. When your eyes are open to that, your service to him becomes joyful instead of 
When you see him that way, prayer becomes joyful. You can be a happy intercessor. A lot of times you see people in the church that are, you know, intercessor people or whatever, and they're just the most miserable looking people ever. And they're just like, oh, God, you know. Praying from our identity and practicing the presence of God is where it's at. Jesus said, I, I, don't, I don't call you servants anymore. Let that sink in. Like we are, right? We are his servants, right? Y'all agree with that, right? But Jesus says, I don't, like, I don't call you that. I'm not making it up. It's John 15. He said, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. Instead, I've called you friends because everything I learned from my father, I've made known to you. What is God making something known to us called? Prayer. It's not just us us praying. It's him talking to us, right? Because prayer is not just about talking to him. It's about Being with them. Y'all were listening the first time. Hebrews 4.16, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Say confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love the Greek word there for confidence. It means this. Get, Get this. Openly holding, openly without holding back your speech. <laughs> so, God's not threatened by what we say to him when we're discouraged. See, some of us never take that stuff to God because we got to be this person to be in God's presence. We can't be disappointed and come to God with our disappointment in him when he's not doing what we thought he would do. But see, God's welcoming us into his presence, even in our disappointment, even in our doubting, even in our questions, because he's a good father. That's who he is. So you can run to the throne. You could just bust in. <laughs> because he's accessible. You can run into the throne room of the king because the king is your father. I love everybody in here. I love, I love you. If you're watching online, I love you. A lot of you have my telephone number. There are certain seasons of our life where you will not get me on the phone. And the reason is, it's not because I don't want to talk to you. It's because I'm probably with my kids or my wife. And I, I say that to say that call me. I want you to call me. I'm not saying don't call. I'm saying if I, if I don't answer, there's a reason. So don't call four times afterwards unless something's bad wrong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but God is that way. Like you, 
he's king, but when his kids come in his office, he's with you. He's not too busy. I want to become a better daddy like that, honestly. Having a right view of God changes your prayer life. You realize there's no scorecard in prayer. And that he just wants to be with you in every moment of your life. During this fast, um, one thing that I've done is I've given up social media. You ought to try it. <laughs> it's awesome. But how many know we have an addiction to these things? And so I'll pick it up. And just because my thumb has gotten so used to doing this, I'll, I'll open my photo album and I'll just look at photos from 2017. Like, and I'm, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? I probably sent you a picture. I know I sent Adam a picture of like years ago, but you know why? Because I'm just going through my photo album, seeing all of y'all with your weird haircuts from a few years ago. And, um, and so one of the pictures that I came across in my photo album the other day was a picture of my hand on an, an escalator belt as I'm going down an escalator. And I think Bethany actually saw it. She said, what is that? I said, it's me on an escalator. <laughs> and <laughs> y'all know y'all got some crazy pictures in your phone too that you had to explain them. You're like, eh. And uh, Bethany pulled up my phone the other day. She's going through my photo albums. I'm like, she's like, why are you so nervous about me going through your phone? I I don't know, like, it's because I'm crazy, that's why. Like, not, I don't try to hide anything. I'm just like, oh, I have to explain my hand on the escalator, you know. So, but I take a picture of my hand on the belt, and I, you can see we're going, I'm going down the escalator. And I, I took a picture because I wanted to mark that moment because it was in a moment of my life where, oh, I was, uh, I was coming out of a lifestyle of, um, uh, orphan identity. I didn't know who I belonged to. And, and Jesus was radically transforming my life. And literally in that week, he had totally shifted my whole mind frame about who he is and who I am in him. So real to me, just coming through with some just amazing encounters in my life. And, um, and I was, I was, um, I was away from home. I was by myself, and um, and I, I found myself constantly writing things down that he would say. It was like communication just exploded. It was like I, he was talking so much, I was stopping to write everything down in my journal or type it up in my phone. And I was on that escalator, and I literally did this. He said something to me, and I start trying to type, or I might have been writing in a journal. I mean, that's dangerous on the escalator. You kind of need to pay attention. And, uh, and here's what he said to me in that moment. It wasn't like an audible voice or anything, but just in my spirit, God said, there's no way to write down everything I want to say to you. Just enjoy my company. And I took a picture of my hand on the escalator because I wanted to remember that moment. Because prayer is not just about talking to him. It's about being 
with him in the aroma of prayer. is the delight of his heart. How we think about God determines how we pray. And hearing your voice even your sighs and even your disappointments Thrill his heart. You're his delight. You're his boy. You're his girl. And he's calling us all into a deeper experience of prayer with him. That's what this is about. That's what this series is about. That's what this season is about as a church. And so I want you to just close your eyes just a minute. And Lauren, you can come on up and just kind of give us some, some worship. Um, I kind of, I, I want to, I want to dismiss service today. with us praying together. <clears throat> but before I do that, <clears throat> I just, I want, I want to hear you. I want you to hear this and I want it to sink in. God, give us light on this. Give us perspective, revelation on this fact. Listen, you do not have to be perfect to be God's friend. You just have to be submitted You have to be surrendered. And a surrendered heart is a soft heart. And a soft heart can hear. A surrendered heart is a soft heart. And a soft heart is a heart that can hear his voice. And feel his heartbeat. That's God's will for all of us in this room today. And so I want to just do this as we close. I want to invite you to pray right now. If you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, and maybe you got a lot of religion, that's not where, the, that's not where it's at. That's not where he's taking you in your life. That's not going to get you anywhere. Relationship with Jesus is where he's bringing you. And I believe that some, some of you are here today because you don't have a relationship with God. You've never given your heart and life to Jesus completely. And he's calling you into friendship and relationship like you didn't even know was possible. And I want it just where you are. It's not magic. I just want you to just ask him to save you right now and to come into your life and rearrange anything he wants to. Just surrender to him. <clears throat> and then I want you to Meet with us at the connection table. If you did that today, I want you to, somebody wants to pray for you, pray with you and for you at the connections desk out in the lobby. But maybe it's an area of your life that just, you, you just need to surrender to God right now. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's money stuff. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's job stuff. I don't know. But do you know you can run right into his presence with all your doubts and all your fears 
and you're totally accepted as his son and daughter. And so I want you just to pray a prayer similar to this with me. I'm praying this for myself, but I want you to pray it as well. Father, we invite you to crush any ideas about us that are not true. We invite the demolition of the religious spirit in our lives. We invite you to remove the blinders from our eyes that have kept us from believing who you really are and seeing ourselves in light of you being a loving father toward us. Lord, we submit to you in a fresh way today. We draw near to you as our father, even in our disappointments and our discouragement, even in our brokenness, even in our sinfulness, even with the sting of a bad day yesterday or a bad week this week, God, we come into your presence without fear and with confidence because we know you love us. We submit to you. God, give us a fresh vision of you. Give us a fresh experience of all you are. In Jesus' name, we pray. And I will say this. I sat right there last Sunday, and I heard about half of what Pastor Mark said because the Lord was speaking to me about this. And he said, the spirit of prayer in this house will only rise to the level of your personal prayer life. He said that to me. And so I know that that's the same in your homes, in my home. Your kids will know God because you model what it looks like for them. And so I want us to stand. I just want to bless families real quick and um, bless us all with just a... Spirit of prayer. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you that you invite us to know you, to be with you. And Father, we ask that you would pour out on us a spirit of prayer. We confess that we've been prayerless. We confess that we talk to everybody else except you about what's on our hearts. And we come to you and we just want to lay our lives down at your feet. And we ask that you just renew in us a right spirit. And that spirit is one that sees you correctly. Lord, pour out a spirit of prayer on this city, on houses of worship all over this city. We know that's the key to renewal, revival, restoration. It's just knowing your heart and being connected to your heart and doing what you say. So, Lord, we, we want that as a house. If you want that, say, I do. If you want that for your family, say, we do. Lord, transform us as we draw into your presence in a deeper level of prayer that we've ever known in our lives. And if you want that, say, amen. Amen. I just want to invite you, if you want to, we're going to dismiss. But this prayer, uh, this altar is open just for prayer. Also, in the seats around you, if you just feel like you need to pray for somebody, just get after it, okay? So let's make prayer not just a moment in the fall of 21 days. Let's make prayer not just a series. Let's make prayer a lifestyle. Being with Him, knowing His heart. God bless you guys. You have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.
We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.